Well, hey, welcome back to the X podcast, where cash is king, dead is dumb, and sorry, I just want to do the Dave Ramsey <laughs> opening again. No, welcome to the X podcast, where, conver- where conversation is king, oh. and I am back with my friend, Tim. Yeah. We are at the Putin table, and I want you to tell me, how do you feel about this week, Ukraine launching their counteroffense? We mean this week. It's been this week. Ukraine has no, launched the, their the, counteroffense. At the point, well, we, at the time that we we're recording this, yeah. Ukraine has launched their counteroffense gotcha. and has retaken four key cities. To which Putin and Moscow is debating those announcements. What are your thoughts on that? Followed by your thoughts on Mar-a-Lago and everything that's proceeding from that <laughs> moment. We are not talking about this <laughs> okay, today, are we? Well, well okay. I, well, it, let me just say, okay, I'm getting is fascinating yeah. that the war is still going on. Mm-hmm. That Ukraine is fighting back and. You know, I saw one article that I read that said, is Russia and the U.S. heightening and headed toward a nuclear fallout? Well, they've been talking about that for half a year. Yeah, but with, so what what is added to that conversation is everything around this nuclear plant hmm. in Ukraine. Yeah. The Ukraine has taken a counteroffensive back over this power plant that is being run by Ukrainians, but controlled by the Russians and that some of them are saying the fighting around this nuclear power plant needs to stop. It is really dangerous. Mm. And then it just has led to a re, I don't know, reemergence of this conversation. What they were saying, uh, I, I don't think we're going to talk about this, but what they're saying is a year ago, uh, President Biden saying that, Was- that Moscow and White House, uh, Moscow and the White House are, have had, even though the war, you know, even though things were getting tense and all this stuff, there's still great dialogue. There's none. No, they, they said little, they said very little dialogue. A month into it, that, that all diplomatic relations had ceased. Yeah, and it's been that way even before the war began. Like mm-hmm. it was starting, you know. And so, so the question is, are are things? Yeah, could things escalate? That was what this article. I don't think there was anything in particular saying. But did you see the news today? Speaking of today. Russia. As today. today, today, as of recording this, today, as of recording, recording this. let's just say we're recording two episodes, yes, back to back. One that we released last week, right, with the ladies, yes, uh, which, which I awesome. felt, which was very fun. I felt very uncomfortable. What are you talking about? I enjoyed that you episode tried to so put in the much. Hot seat with dating, and that I, was a fun episode. Yeah, I tried to co-host so. it with you and be sneaky, no, and not but, allow me. <laughs> that was any squiggle room. Yeah, but uh, speaking of what else happened, Russia, yeah, the day. As of this recording, Mikhail Gorbachev died. has died yeah. at age Actually, 91. And he was... I remember when he was in power. He was in power with um, during the whole time. I mean, he was part of what unthawed the Cold War. Mm-hmm. And he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. He was a leader that was very heralded and celebrated in the West, but not by Russia, because he loosened the authoritarian grip of mm-hmm. Russia, and he helped create a more free society, more free press. Uh, he loosened government control. He built diplomatic ties. But At that the- also resulted in the fall of a lot of the power and grip of the Soviet Union, it was the collapse of the Soviet Union. So well, there's, a, there's a lot of far-right Russia traditionalists that would very much have a dislike and disdain for him. Yeah. The only thing I really, I remember, he was in power when I was in Germany, and I remember 
um, the thing I remember the most is the the famous phrase mm-hmm. that Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And uh, so he was in power until the collapse of the Soviet Union, and then it and Yeah, I saw, uh, so that's, it is, I saw an iconic picture of him today. It was him and Reagan yeah. standing at that famous square in, in Russia. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, just, yeah. you know. There does not cease to be a whole lot of news in the world going on, but I wanted to talk about something really interesting today at the Putin table to discuss the matter of... It does feel like such a Putin table. That's why we have this really long table. You feel so far away. I I wanted to discuss the workforce, the Mm. economy, the uh, ecosystem and environment of all things jobs. And this is kind of a, a big Pandora's box out of which a lot... May come, but specifically, I asked you a few weeks ago if you had seen this trend. It was a week ago. Maybe it was two weeks ago. It was a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. On TikTok and the Washington Post, has started putting out a bunch of articles on it on this trend called "quiet quitting." Yeah, I did not. And I had to look it up. Yeah, I'm not on and, TikTok, so I don't. But, I don't spend half of my life on TikTok. Well, I don't even have. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> have a TikTok yet. But there's been a lot of articles about it, a lot of conversations, and really almost every news outlet has been doing articles yeah. and. And pieces on it, and I even had to dig deeper to have a fuller understanding of it. It was news to me. Yeah, because I mean, really, on kind of maybe a French side, there are TikTok videos of people that would just not be doing their job at work. I mean, they they would literally be at their place of employment, flipping through social media, doing nothing, taking a nap, and it's almost like this brazen, "Hey, I'm here, but I'm not working. I'm taking a paycheck." But really, once you dig deeper. Yeah. The, 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 the heart of quiet quitting, it seems, is not nefarious or malicious. It's really just this pushback against what a lot of employees feel is an unfair, unbalanced work-life balance expectation of, look, if you're going to not just get promoted, but even survive at your job, you have to mm-hmm. not just do the bare minimum, but... Uh, you have to be available for calls at all time, yeah. work unrealistic hours, put up with all kind of annoyances and frustrations mm-hmm. and just a, a, a lack of realistic expectations. And so there's this push called quiet quitting, which the heart of it is basically a whole huge segment of society saying, look, I'm going to do my job. Yeah. And if it's a nine to five, I'm, I'm going to show up from nine to five and I'm going to do my job. And I'm going to do a good job, but that's it. I'm not doing and, and I'm going to draw, it, it is a drawing of what they would consider healthy boundaries. It, mm-hmm. it is a, 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 a drawing of a circle of what they say, you know, these are my expectations. Mm. And this is what health is going to look like for me. Rest is going to look like for me. Balance is going to look like for me. And so it's causing a lot of dialogue and causing a lot of friction. Yeah, it is. And I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's connected to a lot of things. Well, I would say that one of the things that I think when I was I read about it after you told me and your perspective was kind of more from the fun social media like have you seen this and then we were talking with I think Zach someone else and he was like well I've I've seen it it's more this and mm-hmm. so I, I was reading on it just because it was kind of a fascinating idea but I think it does seem to um, be connected to or hinged to to me a little bit of the environment right now in the workplace mm-hmm. post pandemic where we've talked about this before on here about there is a lack of mm-hmm. workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's 
there's a, I mean, you, you can just tell that when you go to restaurants and you go wherever, they just don't have that many bodies. There's, mm-hmm. you go to stores. We did that. We did an episode on pet peeves. I had to go mm-hmm. back and look it up, but <laughs> where places are just closed yeah. different days of the week or they just, I mean, there's one of my favorite places to eat in, in one town. And we would, we tried to go there the last two times. And every time we go there, there's a sign on the door that says, sorry, we're closed. Mm-hmm. And it's family owned, right. whatever restaurant, they probably don't have the help. They don't have whatever or something going on. And it's just, and on the time when it should be open, just closed. Yeah. So I think, we have an environment right now where those who are working mm-hmm. are carrying, shouldering mm-hmm. the uh, economy mm-hmm. of our nation. Yeah. Right? You got all these people. And, and, and I don't understand how everything worked before and people worked and our economy worked mm-hmm. and that's many people can resign. And like, I, where are. I don't I don't yeah. understand. I can't figure this out, but right. I do know that. There are companies that, though they're dealing with these things, with inflation, mm-hmm. with increasing their prices, even if their goods haven't gone mm-hmm. up. I mean, I'm telling you, prices are, mm-hmm. even since we talked about before, prices are jumping ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, they're jumping 20 25% overnight. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Gas uh, is better. Gas has gotten better. Food is getting out of this, out of this world. Yeah. Um, bag of ruffles. You know, <laughs> a bag of ruffles. You know how they have printed on there, like, the, we, the price of Ruffles uh, on the bag, but almost no one ever sold it for that price, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, you got go, whatever. Well, bag of Ruffles, which was always $4, I think, 59 cents or four, whatever, mm. four forty nine, whatever's printed on the bag, and you could get it on sale. It's now five fifty nine mm. on a bag, and they're half full. Yeah. I mean, have right, we I mean, discussed like, shrinkflation on here? Oh, it's, the, oh it is. It's the going reality, on. the companies on. are giving less amount yep. and not being really fully transparent about it, but ca- charging the same amount of money, mm-hmm. if not more, for less and So everything is going up quantity. in price. Yeah. And I was talking to uh, my I guess you'd call it broker, investor, whatever, who just knows the market and stuff very well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I said, are we headed... Are we going to see a recession? He said, well, technically, we've gotten, we've had most of the things that you need for a recession. You need two quarters of your GDP to actually recline, um, decline, mm-hmm. not recline, but decline, and it has. Um, however, usually unemployment also goes up. Mm-hmm. Unemployment has not gone up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're kind of, it's kind of stayed, but still expecting recession. Mm-hmm. But he also said most of the companies they're looking at, and you think about markets, most of, he said they're showing record profits. So weird. And so we have a time when people have resigned for whatever reason, aren't mm-hmm. working as much. We know there's a shortage in every field. There's a massive shortage in the medical field right now. Mm-hmm. Massive shortage in teaching. Yeah. Talking to someone, like you can't find people for these things. We've mm-hmm. seen it even just in ministry. If like you have to hire somebody, it can be really hard to find somebody. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's shortages in all these areas, and yet companies are making record profits. Mm-hmm. And so something's going to have to give at yeah. some point. And my guess is that there are the people who are going to work and are doing their jobs mm-hmm. because there's vacant seats around them. Vacant positions are probably getting more workload dumped on them. And they're kind of like kicking back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's two big factors uh, that have led to this cultural moment of quiet quitting. I think one is coming out of the pandemic. I think coming out of the pandemic, you have a society of people that either, number one, are like used to being able to stay at home and work where they want to work, do things how they want to do things, and are like either, nope, I'm not going back to work. I don't know how they're 
affording to do life, but they're like, yeah. I'm not going back to work or I'm going to go back to work, but it's going to be on my terms. Yeah. And I, I, I've had a year or two to decompress and to realize I don't want to be a slave to my job for the rest of my life yeah. and work 60, 70 hours. You have people that it, maybe even on a healthy level are realizing the priorities of their life. And mm-hmm. they're like, look, I was a workaholic before, but COVID was a reset and I don't want to waste my whole life at work. Yeah. Also, by the way, I know that there is a shortage of workers. And mm-hmm. so if I'm going to come, it's going to be a little bit more on my terms. And I, I also think it affects us that we're in a day and age where there's more options. Yeah. You have so many serial entrepreneurs or mm-hmm. you know YouTube stars or whatever. I just think a lot of people are like, look, I'm, if I'm coming back to work, I'm going to do it on my terms. I'm not going to be a slave to work. I realize in life what matters now. And I'm also going to have time for family and to travel and friends. So I I think that's a huge part of it. And then what you said, I think it's the other, on the other side, you have, you have employers and you have company owners that are saying, no, we still have to make a profit. And I'm having trouble hiring enough people. And so you're going to face the brunt of it. Yeah. And I'm going to put more on you. And so I say, so I've shared with you a real life, just nitty gritty example has been my buddy. I won't say his name, but I got a really close friend uh, in Greenville, South Carolina that well, he gave his location. So yeah, now we're yeah. getting closer. Yeah. I grew up with, he's in kind of the, I'll just say vehicle industry and, and, and parts and all that kind of stuff. But he is, he's somebody, because I think when we first started talking about it, the, the immediate kind of devil's advocate that we immediately feel is, oh, is this? Is this that kind of like, um, for lack of better words, spirit of laziness? Yeah. Or is this that spirit of, uh, is this that first mile spirit instead of I'm going to bring a second mile spirit? Right. I'm going to, because I don't ever want to be the person that does the bare minimum. Yeah. I always want to have the spirit, whatever job I bring, I bring my full heart, I bring my full energy, bring my full passion. I want to be the person that, yeah, it makes sense you're only going to get promoted if you go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. It make, only makes sense that you're only going to excel if you bring everything to it. Yes, there's got to be work life balance, but. I want to live in a skewed way, in a, in a skewed but healthy way that I bring my all to whatever I do. And so th- that's my devil's advocate that I immediately feel when I first heard about it. Right. But I do think there is a valid place in the middle when I think of my buddy. My buddy is, has the, one of maybe the most intense, enduring work, ec- work ethics of anybody I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, wherever he's worked, he's gotten promoted. He works hard. He works without complaining. He's uh, just he's just that person that is filled with integrity and filled with filled with honesty, filled with ingenuity, and he's gotten promoted multiple times at this company. And without asking, he is always there, first one there early, always one of the last people there. Right. And he goes above and beyond. He's created ideas that has generated his company millions that they've actually implemented company wide, nationwide, but as it's been bought by different and different owners and as the pressure to keep producing more and more profits has yeah. come, they've taken his second mile, third mile, and fourth mile yeah. and basically been saying, yeah, that's your minimum expectation from now on. Yeah. And this guy is a single dad with two kids growing up. Yeah. And he's coming, he, he's really, I just, we talk on the phone almost every day and he's really just in this place of like, you know, he's a person of faith who's so like praying, like, God, what what gives? And he's trying to figure out, is there something I, on the side I can do? Because I don't want to spend the next 15 years frustrated, burnt out, and also missing half my kids' lives. Mm. 
And so I, I do think that gave me a window of, I wonder how many people are in that place, mm. that they actually are hard workers. They actually do want to bring more than the bare minimum. Because I would ask them, I'd say, well, don't you feel safe then? Because you've been given these awards. You've, they recognize how valuable you are to the company. He said, well, that's the problem. He said, I could tell my boss, but my boss is feeling the same thing from his boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, the people up top don't realize Re- the the reality of what's on the yeah. ground, and so they don't understand. They're basically he said the, the the people will come in and just say, "Hey, bottom line, these are the numbers. You got to hit them." Yeah, and he's like, "But they don't understand yeah. what that takes." And so I think you have, and and look, none of us, unless you're the owner of a company, knows what it's like to the pressure that you're facing. But I just think there is a lot of pressure from the top down. And then you combine that with the the attitude and the new priorities and mindset of people coming out of the pandemic. Mm. And we got a a pressure cooker, I think, right now when it comes to the workforce. I think we do. Uh, One of the other other things I was going to mention, just I think from another perspective, but really speaking to what people are feeling right now. And I think that's kind of what we had thought about. It was like, let's talk about what people are processing and feeling when Mm -hmm. it comes to the pressure of the workforce right now. Mm -hmm. Um, When, when, um, I had somebody that messaged me on my account that was telling me about teacher tired. And it's just somebody who's part of our community. Mm-hmm. And um, she ended up just sending me some additional things and just even video of just, I mean, she, she was emotional. She was tired mm. and she really was in many ways, I think probably represents a, a much bigger group of teachers, but mm-hmm. you have, you've got teachers that feel overworked. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Teachers do have a, a cool little break in the summer, but teachers don't work from seven in the morning till three o'clock, four o'clock. Every no. teacher that I've ever known, they have to bring their home, their work home with mm-hmm. them. They have homework too. They have to grade papers. Mm-hmm. They uh, provide stuff for classrooms because the school board, they don't have the money for mm-hmm. it. They're working in conditions where they have overcrowded classrooms. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about, the, and then there's also a massive teacher shortage right now, yep. which means the classrooms are getting bigger, yep. which means you have more pa- papers to grade. You're trying mm-hmm. to deal with more kids in your class and it's really hard to teach 30 kids, 35 kids, something, yep. you know, and and they're kind of just, she's just kind of expressing to me that it was just like, you know, for what, and she wasn't even complaining. She was like, I got into being a teacher because mm-hmm. I want to help kids and mm-hmm. I want to teach them. But the pressure is, you know, not paid very much. I mean, generally speaking, teachers have not been paid very mm-hmm. well. They're required to have a lot of education. Yeah usually master's degree minimum. They have mm-hmm. to keep up with continuing education credits. They have to take their work home with them. So it is, I, I, it's funny. You're talking about a friend of yours. I'm talking about a person here just in this in the last week. It just mm-hmm. makes you wonder, are we, are we building pressure mm-hmm. in our society, mm-hmm. right in our culture, in the workforce mm-hmm. that is going to explode into something, if not in people's own lives? Yeah. But and then you got on top of that right here in our own backyard yeah. was a massive strike yeah. in the the city of Columbus, the mm-hmm. teachers union all mm-hmm. went on strike at the beginning of the school year. Yeah, and that was and they, it looks like they've resolved mm-hmm. that. I think they're back to now. But but teachers, you know what mm-hmm. they were asking? They're asking for smaller classrooms. They're mm-hmm. asking for better facilities. They're asking for air conditioning in buildings because it's really hot. Trying to do it. They, they're asking for some raises, but mm-hmm. the, the things they're asking for, you know, are not ridiculous. Right. I, again, I don't, I don't want to get into the whole what would administration say and the teachers say and all of that. Mm-hmm. All I can say is that 
people are tired. Yeah. They're exhausted. They're worn yeah. out. And so I wonder, I don't know what it looks like for a teacher to quite quit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, a, it, that's an interesting thought. And every industry has its own unique challenges. I mean, it feels prophetic looking back now, the conversation we had my cousin on um, mm -hmm, three or four months education. ago. And, uh, you know, he's, he just, he just got his PhD in education and, and gave some kind of dire predictions mm. on the future of teacher shortages. And then a month later he said, not to say I told you so. And he's texted me a link to an article of all the states that basically were declaring emergency because of the teacher shortages. Jeez. And then a couple months later we have this in Columbus happening and who carries the weight of all this? Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, Who carries the weight of it? Yeah. And I think, I mean, what the heck do I know? But my first gut thought is that just like every complex issue, there are holistic approaches and things that need to be dealt with. I think this sounds really hyper simplistic, but at some point, we've got to be a society that re- redefines the value of work mm -hmm. that works important and yeah. that if we're physically able to work we need to work and we need to bring our best to work uh, and there's a balance there we need to bring our best to work but and and go and not just say i'm just going to do the bare minimum that's not healthy but on the opposite end look it's it it is healthy to say oh i'm not going to sacrifice my family i'm not going to sacrifice my health but i, I think we've got to define where that is in the middle and then then there's government and financial and economic things that bleed into all that, that a lot of us is out of our control. And then thirdly, on the side of employers, look, I really do think that at the end of the day, kind of going back to the customer service thing, but with a twist, I think at the end of the day, the companies and organizations that are going to thrive long-term are the ones that are going to think long-term instead of short-term. Yeah. And I think one of the fruits of that is they're actually going to value their employees. Yeah. We knew pre-pandemic, just talk about millennials, what millennials were looking for. Millennials yeah. were looking for places that actually valued them, yep. actually gave them a sense of purpose, actually gave them, well, if you think that's decreased instead of heightened mm -hmm. coming out of post-pandemic, you're them wrong. Some liberty, yeah. gave them that like, you know, it, it wasn't nine to, if, if mm -hmm. it could help. It, I'm going to talk, talk about my buddy for, an instant, for a moment. It, uh, if, look, I don't know all of the different varying factors they're dealing with up top. That's the, that's the problem sometimes we're trying, to, we're trying to give prescriptions to parts of the sickness that we don't know. And I get that. But if you have great employees that are hard workers, great attitude, um, but you think that the way to help your company is to drive them out by overworking them and underappreciating them. Yeah. In the long term, that's going to come back to bite you. And so I think employers and CEOs cannot operate by panic, but by principles in this season. And I think one of those huge principles has to be people. Long term, and you see this. I mean, I mean morality aside, just yeah. fiscally, we see the pattern, especially in the last 50 years, that the employers that actually prioritize people and give a great culture to work with and create great morale and great incentives and can create some sort of work-life balance and um, have a culture of feedback where they listen to what's actually going on. Those are the cultures that is going to thrive because your top and top performers are going to stay. Yeah. People over profit. People over profit. And that's, I think that's really hard in our culture today. Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, there's probably CEOs that have 
um, that have boards, that mm-hmm. have uh, shareholders that they're mm-hmm. answering to, and it goes all the way down. Mm-hmm. But I think some point there's if mm-hmm. if there is not an awakening mm-hmm. amongst everybody from mm-hmm. shareholders to CEOs, CFOs, yeah. and all the way down to like, mm-hmm. hey, we we're dealing with a really a, a unique yeah. situation and a mm-hmm. volatile situation, and we're dealing with mm-hmm. this. We have to make some changes yeah. on this. If that doesn't happen, there is going to be a breaking. Mm-hmm. There is going to be just a you know, and I wonder if what we are. So it's interesting. You think about what's happened from the pandemic. You've had people with, and again, I really believe all these conversations we're having is emotional fallout from the mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah. And so we started talking two years ago about mass, but even more so in the last year, mass resignation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now we go from the overt mass resignation to the subvert mm. quiet quitting. Yeah. People are just, like you said, they're drawing a line and go, you know, I'm going to give this, but I'm, but don't, don't expect more than that from me. Yeah. And um, I think it is probably important for, for leaders, mm-hmm. heads of organizations, CEOs, all those to probably pay attention to mm-hmm. what's going on in their workforce. How yeah. are people feeling? Yeah. It's never probably a more important time than to ask that question. Yeah. How are you doing? And, you know, where can we continue to... Um, how how do we foster? How do we care about the employee and yeah. not just the customer? Yeah, and I think that's one thing. Let, let me ask you this mm-hmm. question and kind of flip it. This idea of quiet quitting, where does it sit in a? And, and again, I understand the perspective of why we're doing it, but if you pull out the context of this, where does it sit in your eyes when it comes to the context of your faith? Mm. Where does the aspect of quiet quitting kind of I don't know, resonate within you because I, mm-hmm. I, I think there is a difference. And this is what's, I guess, what point I'm driving to, I guess, I, and I'll see what you have to think, say about mm-hmm. this. If the place you're working is just a job or a paycheck to you, mm-hmm. again, this is not a knock to anybody who's just, I, hey, I've, I've got to go to, I've got a job. I got to go to work. I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily love it. I don't necessarily hate it, mm-hmm. but I've got to put food on the table. It's mm-hmm. a good job. Mm-hmm. I'm there. I get that. You know, but I do think we have to find purpose or bring purpose to our work. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that's hard to do if you're quite quitting. Yeah. I think there is a, it doesn't mean you can't do that as well as you can. And I, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't quite quit mm-hmm. in that regard, that mm-hmm. you do need to draw boundaries. I think we all need right. to. So I'm not actually saying that. I'm just right. saying the idea of, I think what's hard for me to put my mind around, at least initially mm-hmm. when you were saying this, is I feel like what I do is so purposeful and connected to who I am. Right. It's really hard for me to picture a world right. where I go, don't bother me outside this box. But yeah. I also know I sit in a different seat, and so I right. don't want to assume everybody thinks that way, yeah. but it's I'm a, really it's I'm really gonna give an, I, I'm going to give an answer that is going to just be really easy for me to give because I'm not in, in that, that situation. Yeah. I am very grateful. Yeah. Uh, this is a great uh, smoke-blowing moment. You're a yeah. great boss, and you yeah. actually care about yeah. uh, the people that work here, and, and we're in a great culture. And so I just, I'm, I never want to take it for granted. I'm very fortunate the seat I'm in. We there. really try not to, I want to say this too, before you mm-hmm. say that, and just as you bring it up, mm-hmm. um, you know, we really try to minimize as much as we can the demands mm-hmm. on our staff outside of, mm-hmm the hours and yeah. we, we again in ministry it's never just nine to five right and but we always try to make up for mm-hmm. people that hey i've got a this week i got this i got this i got this if they would come to me if you were to come to me and say that i'm like dude take thursday mm-hmm. yeah right i, I want to mm-hmm. reciprocate mm-hmm. when you go the extra mile right. i think that's where people are quite quitting is because right. 
I feel like I give your buddy. Yeah. I've given so much to do this and nobody cares. They right. just now said that's what's expected and that's demoralizing. of me. And that is demoralizing. That's not good leadership. There should no. be a recognition of, yeah. hey, you are putting in so much time. Yeah. And I think as if leaders care about their employees, mm -hmm. not just their customers and not just the profit, right. then they should take note of that yeah. and they should say, hey, I, you need a break and you need this. And I'm don't be working past this. Right. If they want that, we'll deal with it tomorrow. Right. We'll we'll deal with the consequences. Right. But they're not gonna they're not gonna own us. Right. And I think we here just at our church what we do is we try our best to really mm -hmm. manage that. I don't yeah. think a lot of staff work outside of boundaries and that. And I hope mm -hmm. they don't. Like we encourage them. You right. need to take control of that on your own. Yes. Don't just work on your own when you should be with your family and all yep. that. And I think that's important. They're very important. And so, and, and, and it is tricky and our, with what we do, because there is a sense in which you're never fully off as someone with a calling. And so that, that can be, but like you said, from a professional standpoint, we try to be very clear yeah. that we want people to have health, work-life balance and, and that we prioritize that. I think the answer I would give someone off the cuff that is going to sound really, again, really easy for me to say, yeah. but I'm sure more sticky to implement would be this. From a faith context, I saw a stat the other day that talked about, and this is, I, mean, I think we all know this intuitively, but half of your conscious life is at work. Mm, wow. So if you think about that, yeah, half of your life sleeping for is at work. So number one, if there should be somewhere else you're working, make that happen. If, yeah. if, you, if, 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 if where you're at so miserable, maybe... You should be somewhere else and don't be afraid to pursue that and yeah. in the right way, make sure you have something lined up. But number two, but while you're there, that means that the, the person you're becoming while you're there, the work ethic you're developing while you're there, the testimony you're establishing while you're there. I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, that's half of your waking life. That's where you're called to be salt and light. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to yeah. say, I want to shine for Jesus but then go to work and just try to slug through it and complain yeah. about your boss and just yeah. do the bare but, minimum. But if you're a follower of Jesus and your whole context is to shine where you are mm -hmm. and half of your waking life is at work, mm -hmm. then how you approach that, the spirit you bring, the attitude you bring, the work ethic you bring, the excellence you bring really matters. A second mile spirit, that whole yeah. thought comes from the Roman oppression of they could literally tell a Jew to carry their stuff for a mile. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, well, say, go, to, go a second mile because... That way you're always fully free and you're never slave to anybody because you chose to go above and beyond. Right. Obviously, there's wisdom and context to that, yeah. especially when you have a family that's depending on you, a life outside of work. So I think what I would say is understand that if half your waking life's at work and that that is forming who you're becoming and mm -hmm. that's a huge part of the witness that you're shining, mm -hmm. then approach it with excellence, be the hardest worker there, mm -hmm. uh, be the most creative, the most, uh, bring the best spirit. Don't complain about your boss. Don't complain about other yeah. employees. Remove gossip from your mouth. Mm -hmm. Remove a critical spirit from your heart. Shine, be full of yeah. joy, be full of, and work mm -hmm. really, really hard and go above and beyond. Yeah. So you should go above and beyond. Yeah. But when it comes to the place where it's unhealthy and there needs to be boundaries, I, I think, Again, easier said than done. I think my two cents would be instead of quote unquote quiet quitting, yeah. in the places you need to bring boundaries, do it with two things honor and communication. Yeah. You know, I think about Daniel and King Nebuchadnezzar and, and, and all that and, and, and all the things he was going through. And when they, they, they basically gave him this command, bow to the gods. 
And David refused, but David, even when Daniel. he Daniel refused, yeah. but even when he did, he did it with honor. He said, yeah. "Oh, King, yep. how can we do that if it's?" And so I think I think anything you do, if you do it in a spirit of honor, yeah, there's a difference between that and well, screw you. Look, I'm I'm not doing that, and that's not part of my job. And that's yeah. honor always disarms. Honor always brings. And the second thing is, and that's connected to honor. Instead of doing quiet quitting, be communicative. Yeah. Don't let they, they may still get mad, they may not agree, but so you're, that your heart's not misunderstood. Yep. Say, look, um, is it even maybe just bring options? Yeah. Hey, is it okay with you? Could, could uh, I heard someone say this one time? I think it was Louis Giglio said, hey, maybe bring to them almost like Daniel in the, 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 when the 21 days. Yeah. They said, let us try this and then tell us what you think. Yeah. Uh, let us not eat the king's food. Mm-hmm. Let us try our own diet. Tell us what you think. Maybe say, hey, for a month, could I try this? Yeah. Because I actually think I could be more productive and it would be healthier for me and my family. Try things like that. And 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 communicate and and if you have to draw boundaries, there's a great book I always recommend by Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. I think it's great. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a great book that can give some practical tips. But I think if you do it with honor and instead of quiet quitting and just passive aggressively saying, "Nope, I'm not going to do that." Yeah, I clock out. Maybe actually communicate with your boss and say, "Hey, you know, it's in my heart to bring my best. It's in my heart to honor you. It's in my heart to serve this place. I just want to be really, really honest. I'm struggling because." I also, it's also priority for me and my faith, whatever, however you phrase it, to be a good husband, yeah. to be a good wife, to be a good father. And I, I'll, I'd like to talk together about ways that we can come to more practical balance yeah. so that I can best serve you, but also best serve my family. Yeah. I, I think if yeah. you quote unquote quiet quit, but instead do it with honor and over communication, mm-hmm. then you can still do it in a way that honors your faith and honors them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that the idea of, quite quitting to me um, just in that respect, the way I've even read it. And I, I understand the nobility that I've read some articles are saying about people. They're just trying to draw healthy boundaries. Yeah. I get all that, but I do think what you're saying is is a great point. It's really important. I wouldn't quite quit. I would actually go and have a conversation yeah. and do it with respect and, and just say, hey, um, I can't keep going at this mm-hmm. pace and this rate yeah. that I just want to point out if you, you know, know this, this, and, and you can do it in a very honorable way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a lot of bosses that wouldn't really appreciate somebody. Cause you know what yeah. I guarantee they don't like is when you actually quit. Yeah. Then they're going to be frustrated, confused. And not that that's your problem. We're trying but, to read your actions. Or, you know what I mean? They're gonna be like, why did you do, why did you do this? Or they're going to read into your quiet quitting mm-hmm. as if you don't care. And it could affect your long-term, long-term things yeah. with that company. So, I think that there is a better way to do it than mm-hmm. just quite quit. Yeah. I think communication is always better. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. to me, it's kind of like in relationships. It's kind of like in, you know, marriage. just like, oh, you know, I'm mad, but I'm just not going to say anything and I'm just mm-hmm. not going to be nice. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I'm going to give the culture. It's like, okay, that's, well, I'm going to take care of the kids when I need to and I'm going to do this, but that's not the kind of relationship no. that you want. And mm-hmm. I do think um, it's important to, to, no matter what you do, as you said, I also like the other point you made mm-hmm. that when, when you're at work, mm-hmm. I, I, I always want to be like, I'm 100% when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and quiet quitting doesn't necessarily say you're not. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to be that all in and be that, you know, when I'm there. And I also want to be that when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. I want to be all in. I, and I think yeah. people are feeling the tension. And we're it's the most tension that I can, yeah. culture right now in the history of the world. And, and so I do think... That your your witness, mm-hmm. if you're a follower of Jesus, does matter, mm-hmm. and so I, I would, and I, I personally feel like, and even though they, a boss may not like to hear it, 
I think you would probably respect somebody who's going to come mm-hmm. to you and be, you know, just be in an honorable way, but just say, hey, this, yep. I don't like this. And, yeah. you know, I, I really would mm-hmm. ask if we can do something to change this. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they won't, then pursue your other opportunities. As mm-hmm. you said, go look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The good news is right now there's a massive shortage. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you've ever wanted right. to change careers, you've ever wanted to do something else, you can, I mean, this one person say they have never, they have lowered the requirements to do almost everything. Hmm. You want to be a teacher? Oh, you don't have to go do all that. <laughs> right. Do you have this, this, and this? Okay, we'll put you in this classroom. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? They, they've lowered requirements mm-hmm. more than ever. I mean, even in the medical field, you know, it's like you have to have a bachelor's degree to be a nurse and, you know, and then it's like, okay, no, you just have to have your license. Right. You know what I mean? And they, mm-hmm. they've lowered it because there's a massive shortage. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it's going to mean for our, our workforce. I don't know what it's going to mean for our country and our economy. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how we can just keep going right. with reduced workforce. I mean, the, the like my wife works in medical, my daughter works in medical, and so th- that is also a shared feeling that teacher tired. You know, you got to think the medical community, what they went mm. through for the last yeah. two years. There's been a mass exodus of mm. of nurses, doctors, people that are like, this isn't worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, and I think some of that is reflective of going through something really stressful. And getting to the point of going, it, this isn't worth it. My life mm-hmm. outside of this matters to me too much. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think that we were created to live in the tension of that. Yeah. I think we were created to work. Yeah. But I don't think we were created to live in the tension of that and not getting rest and not being able to separate. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if you, like you said, if half your consciousness is at work, mm-hmm. you, should, you should enjoy it. Right. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know. Find something you love to do and someplace you go to work and you never work a day in your life, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I think I think that's the hope for that everybody has yeah. when they go into a field. And if, if it's not that way right now, I just think we'd just say, man, first let me just say, um, if you're in this kind of space and tension, we're not suggesting that you need to work harder and longer. Yeah. I, I, I don't hear that, I hope, from us today. Mm-hmm. We're Let me just say we're just trying to recognize and bring up just because we've had it brought up to us in a few different environments. Mm-hmm. And so we thought maybe this is a thing right now that there's a real tension that people are feeling. There's yeah. a pain, a pain point that people are feeling in this area. And so I just, even even the lady that wrote into me and just, she even sent like a, a video on a thing of just, and she was super emotional and she's mm. tired and she just feels like even with the strike, it was almost like all of society is like, I can't believe these teachers are so selfish doing this. And yet there's you know, there's so much demanded and yeah. not much given. Yeah. And then it's like, take care of yourself, but you better be there for my kid. Right. You better be there for my family. You better, you know what I mean? And they feel this tension. It's mm-hmm. a tension yeah. that people are feeling. And I think every area of workforce and medical, probably in first responding for all of that, there's mm-hmm. just this tension. And so we just wanted to say, we, we empathize with what some of you are really feeling yeah. in that place. And, um, and this is a difficult thing. I, I, the idea of wanting to bring balance, I think you and I would say, we agree that there needs to be, mm-hmm. There needs to be health. Yeah. I will say balance isn't what we, I want to say this though, and this is my perspective, might not be yours. Balance isn't 50-50. Yes. We think of that. When, when I just look at even, even just the account of creation, you look at, you know, from a, a biblical perspective, and again, it might not be your framework, but it was like, hey, you can work for six days, but you need to take a day off. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we should be, you know, five days, two days off, four days, two days. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying the balance isn't always yeah. 50 50 it's not always that you know doesn't mean balance when i say balance i just mean that when you're there yeah. the time you're there you're fully invested mm-hmm. and when you're not there home rest whatever you're fully invested yeah. and you shouldn't be 
carrying it all through there and distracting yeah. from your family, your kids, and your other priorities. So yeah, yeah, maybe even a different word sometimes than balance would be health. Yeah, health. Skew, skew your life Make towards sure healthy. intention and purpose and health. Yeah, I agree 100%. Make sure that you're healthy. And if you're, and then what we would probably say just in this conversation, if you're in an unhealthy situation, mm-hmm. don't just quiet quit necessarily, or at least I would try to have mm-hmm. a conversation first. Yeah. Because why? Because you can quite quit, but you're just going to continue to feel the pain because mm-hmm. your leadership is just going to say, oh, this person just doesn't care. They're not really doing that. So then they're going to have a perspective of you that you just aren't a team player pushing back when you're like, I, I've given so much. I, right. you know, and, you have, and you're just not talking versus mm-hmm. actually you want a solution. Mm-hmm. We want a solution. Yeah. We want to figure out something that's better and give that, give your boss language mm-hmm. and conversation to go to his or her boss, right. to go to their boss, mm-hmm. to kind of say, this is what's going on yeah. at the front lines. This is what's going on here. This is real. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do something about it, we're going to be even suffering even more in the workforce yeah. and it is going to affect the bottom line. And so I, I think uh, we would probably say, don't just quite quit, but go have a conversation, do it honorably. As you said, be communicative mm-hmm. when you talk to them. And if it still doesn't change, Hey, there's a massive shortage in almost every field and area that you can imagine. You can mm-hmm. probably explore your options, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, you probably can. And so I, I just, good. I think, I think we also just want to just say, if you're in that place, our heart goes out to yeah. you. And I yeah, just, I'm sorry. We're really, I yeah. think, I think our country and our workforce, the people who are there, when you're talking about customer service, yeah. the people who are actually, and, and here's a good point for all of us. When you're around people, when mm-hmm. you go to the post office, when you go to the restaurant, be nice. Yeah. When you're like mm-hmm. long lines and they're slow and this, uh, be nice because you don't know how many people have quit and how, how, what kind of load those people are carrying for yeah. that, you know, for the restaurant, for wherever, grocery store. Yeah. So be nice. Understand mm-hmm. that's what's going on right mm-hmm. now in our world. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Good stuff. Mm. I don't have anything else to say. I don't know. I love I you. I quit. I love you. <laughs> okay. I, I quit this episode. Not quietly. So are you? Uh, yeah, are you there? It, let us know if you're tired and worn out, and if I'd yeah. be. It would be interesting if if somebody is quite quitting. Maybe they didn't have language for it. Yeah. Maybe this gave them language. Yeah. I would love to know. Let yeah. us know. And let, and let us know. I mean, if you want us to keep it anonymous or whatever, but let us know what you're experiencing if that is you. And like you said, I just I do want to just say that because I again we're talking kind of from a 30,000 foot view of trying to, but we're, we're not in the middle of the day to day of the pain and the yeah. nuance, the complications that a lot yeah. of people are feeling. And so if that's you, uh, we just want to say, we see you and we're so sorry that you're walking through that. And we do believe that there's better days ahead. Hang on, do what you can do and, uh, hold on in the meanwhile. And, uh, you know, hopefully individually, whatever you're going through, but also collectively as a society, we're going to move forward. Yeah. And I'm just going to believe that we're going to move past this. And that's going to take governmental things. It's going to take uh, practical steps on the sides of employees and employers. Yep. And we're going to have to meet in the middle. I agree. So. Okay. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. Give us your feedback, your thoughts, your questions and concerns. And uh, as always, any just topic suggestions you have. Let us know. We are coming up on episode 100. 100. And uh, we've had some exciting things to talk about uh, recently, and we got some exciting things planned that we're, uh, I don't know, we're, we're always brainstorming some 
some interesting things. So a whole lot going on in the world to talk about. Thank you, as always, for being a part of these conversations. Until next time, we'll see you next week.